Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining me. Have a super special guest. Like, this is amazing that I got this guest on. He is from the former Xbox Die, but Game of Game of Life. I don't know why I was about to say Game of Life. Life of Gaming uh, Network also uh, with James and... Uh, our good old friend Josh Brent. Uh shout out to those two. But everybody, please welcome Chris Wright. Hello, good sir. Hello Edward, how are you, man? Uh dude, thanks for inviting me on. Um I want to uh I wanna just start by saying um I just shamelessly went on Twitter and asked to uh, to guest host if somebody needed needed some help, and uh, we uh, we we put a little uh, little pause on the Xbox Dive, and you uh, like instantly you you messaged me you're like man we we need to talk and uh, we we need to get you on so uh, so yeah so we've been talking about this for I don't know a week or so and uh, dude I'm I'm glad to be here man I'm 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 very honored that you asked me and I'm glad to be on the show. Oh well, you're welcome. And you guys can actually check out my episode because I special guest on Game. In my life we talk about sports games and that that's right was such that's right. a good episode <laughs> it was good so um well chris um we would just want to know some gaming history for you from you so uh let us know what's your gaming history Sure. So, uh, I, you know, my first console was an NES. Uh, I, I want to say I was seven, six, seven, something like that. And I got, uh, kind of hand me down. I think we, we hit a yard sale or something and my mom got it and we got it with the trackpad and, uh, and the, uh, the duck hunt gun. And, um, and so, yeah, so I mean, that, that was kind of my introduction to, uh, to, to gaming as a whole. And, uh, but then, you know, my, my, con- my, pro- probably one of my, my best moments, like, t- personally to to date was when i got when i got a game boy i got a game boy a game boy was my very first brand new console and i got it uh christmas of 1989 and uh and it was it just you know it it's a big giant block of plastic just a, a big brick and uh you know it lasted like two hours on those double a double a batteries but it was the coolest thing to be able to have um you know, Super Mario Land just kind of in your hand, and uh, and Tetris. You know, Tetris, man, it's so great. So, so yeah, I mean, from there, uh, you know, I I actually did jump to a Genesis for a short time, and um, and so I, I played a little bit on Genesis. I think a lot of kids, uh, kind of in that in that early '90s era, um, you know, the Genesis uh, came out before the SNES, so it was uh, it was easy to kind of jump jump over there and had a lot of fun with that. And uh, man, I've owned a, a Super Nintendo. I've owned. Uh, Dreamcast, uh, N64. Um, I've never really been a PlayStation gamer, so I've, I've never really. Um, I, I owned one PlayStation uh, uh, hardware. I owned the original PSP, and I bought it so that I could break it and uh, um, and and put ROMs on it, so I could play old NES games on the go. <laughs> so my my only my my only real love for PlayStation came from playing NES games again. So uh, and that that was uh, of course I, look we don't we do not uh, encourage uh, pirating in any way. But that was before Nintendo got their virtual console stuff together. So a lot of those games that was the only way to play them. So uh, so I had fun with that. Um, but yeah, I jumped in uh, with Xbox uh, right at the very beginning. I loved the original Xbox. It was giant. Um, uh, the the giant Duke controller was just bonkers. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, I love that, and uh, you know, I graduated from that to the 360. Uh, but I've owned every Nintendo console. Uh, I've owned. Uh, I, I had the, I had a Virtual Boy, uh, Game Boy Advance, a Game Boy Advance SP, Game Boy Micro. I'm a big handheld gamer, so I had a you know I had a DS, a DSi, um, a DS Lite, uh, you know, 3DS, 3DS XL, new 3DS, new 3DS XL. Uh, I'm not, I haven't jumped into the 2DS, uh, new 2DS XL yet. Uh, but so you we'll, we'll see. That Pokemon one looks. Oh, that Pokemon! It uh, it looks nice, man. I tell you what, I, they, they showed the orange one. I'm like, yeah, I could do without that. And then that Pokemon one, I'm like, oh man, that looks good. And, and Japan got like a, a Pikachu one, which I thought looked kind of like garbage. Really? Um, yeah, it it, 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 so it it doesn't look like garbage. Here's my problem with Nintendo, and they did this with the Metroid 2. I don't understand how they don't realize that when you open the 3DS, the graphic they put on the back is upside down. Uh-huh. So, like, like when you open the Metroid, Samus is, if you're looking at a person playing a 3DS, Samus is upside down. Same thing with the Pikachu. The Pikachu's face, when you open it, flip it open, the person looking at you, Pikachu is looking upside down. Um, you know, like, like Apple and, and Dell and computers, they do this with laptops, right? That when you open it and somebody looks at the outside, they see their logo and it's just branding. And like Nintendo, I can't believe we're this far into, into them doing, uh, you know, foldable dual screen systems and they haven't figured out that they need to flip that graphic around. But anyway, but the, the good thing about the Pokemon one is it's kind of universal. It's the same whichever way you look at it it's just the outline of the pokeball which is super cool yes. so anyway yeah so 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 now you know I, I have a switch um i have uh i have uh xbox one s i have xbox one x on pre-order i'm a huge xbox fan uh spend most of my time uh, on xbox but i gotta be honest dude, I, I play the switch a lot I, I have some i have some issues with the switch overall but um but i have always been a handheld gamer it's been, it's been the way that i love to play i'm a i'm a, a busy guy i i i i'm on the go a lot and i've always loved just being able to have a, a console in my back pocket and to pull it out and start playing and so I, I still love the switch for that and i've been playing a ton of mario plus rabbits so so good i just actually got a switch last week and mario oh wow rabbits i got yes and, uh, and i just picked up raven legends so i had to start that. oh yeah that's good too yeah. what do you think about what do you think uh, mario plus rabbits you, you liking it i'm liking it it's really good i'm I haven't been into strategy games, so I, I I'm thinking just like okay, if I do this, if I do this, because it don't it's there's some stuff it doesn't teach you, but you just yeah. learn, and yeah. when you learn it, when you get to it, you be like okay, now I could I'm like <laughs> as long as I I could think about it, uh, smart in a smart way, and I under understand the mechanics, then I could use and get away, cause yes. I think it's it's like the fourth level fourth or fifth level where they're trying to where you have to avoid the enemies yes so i i was just like okay they're gonna be on the left side i need to go on the right <laughs> and so my uh-huh. game plan was just to uh make sure that they are in a distance that when i get to my other character i could jump over them but also yeah. be in enough space that they could hide behind a brick Yes. Yeah. Co- yeah. Cover. Cover is very important in that game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's great, man. It, it's funny. So we uh, we got to tell this story. So you reach out to me on Twitter. Um. And uh, the first thing you said is, uh, I I want to have you on the show. Um. What do you know about arcade games? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, 
Not really a lot. Uh, didn't grow up a lot in arcade. You know, as I just you know said, my first real experience was an NES, and I played you know the occasional arcade game here, you know here and there. You know, Simpsons, X Men. Yes. You know those, those four, you know four four player uh, you know type uh, type experiences, but but not not a whole lot. And then you're like, well, what do you know? So then you came back and you're like, well, what do you know about at least arcade fighting games like you know like Street Fighter and, and Mortal Kombat? To which I respond, I even know less about that because the, the, the one. <laughs> The one genre I do not like very much is uh, is fighting is fighting. So, um, but it's funny because we're talking about Mario plus Rabbit. So my probably my favorite genre in in games is like this turn based strategy. Whether it's kind of like an old school RPG, uh-huh. but specifically tactics games. I love Fire Emblem. I love you know Ogre Battle and you know Final Fantasy Tactics and Advance Wars and you know uh, Mario plus Rabbit is scratching that that kind of uh, an itch for me. Uh, it's just my favorite type of game. So. If, if- they would have bought Advanced Wars at Nintendo Direct for Switch. I think I would have been done. Like they killed, <laughs> they killed me with the Doom and Wolfenstein too. Yeah, if they would have did Advanced Wars, it's a done deal. It's literally a done deal. Yeah, it's got to be coming. I mean, they they've got to know people people want it. So hopefully, hopefully one day. Yeah. So yeah, because I was asking you like, well, because Mortal Kombat <laughs> two and Killer Instinct was big fighting games. So yeah, it's yeah. like. Or do you know something about it? And you was just yeah. like, no, I don't like fighting yeah. games. I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> So, I, uh, so yeah, my, my I mean, I, I I played a fair share of Smash Brothers, you know, because because uh, it's Smash Brothers, and um, you know, I I've played rounds of Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, you know, back in in the SNES days, um, but it's never really been anything that that I've I've really gravitated to. I did play um, what what's this new the new DC game that came out uh, Injustice, Injustice Two, yeah, so I played that a little bit, and uh, it's fun. I, I mean, I'm a huge comic book fan. Uh, People aren't people. We don't have video, but I'm wearing a flash shirt right now. So I'm a huge, uh, huge comic book fan. So, uh, so that that's kind of my entry into that game, and and I kind of get bored with having to fight repetitively all the time. But the story in that game is is great. So, um, so yeah. But anyway, yeah. So not 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 a big fighting game fan. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So uh, this episode, and I I'm glad that I asked uh, Chris this question for this topic because actually I was um. Um, talking to one of the, uh, to J.R. Oliver from, um, X to, X to Jump podcast. Okay. It's a PlayStation yep. podcast. Shout outs to him and, uh, Ryder. Those guys are amazing. They like, they literally just started their podcast. I think they're on episode eight, like really good. And we have actually been like conversating like through Twitter and stuff. And we, we were talking about something and the word impact came up. And it made me think, I'm just like, well, should games impact or should they impress? So today's topic, this episode is should games impact or impress? And it was actually, I'm just like, that's the discussion I need to have with Chris. Because this is something that we, us in gaming, do not talk about. Yeah. And so when I presented it to Chris, Chris was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. He, I, I like, love it. Oh yes. So yes. uh we're going to uh end up talking about uh Shigay's impact or impress. But before we get into that, let's break down what uh what it means to impact impress. Um the word impact is defined as uh to have an impact or effect on, influence or alter. While impress is to affect deeply or strongly in mind or feeling, influence and opinion. So when we talk about imp- uh, uh, impact when it comes to video games, it does something to you. It, it like it touches you. It moves you. 
and you it makes you feel creative or it you know or maybe it might touch your soul and be therapeutic what impressed is there's just something about it that just makes you feel like wow or surprise or like you get a, a emotional feeling um so i want to ask you chris like when you pick up a game like whether like let's take mario rapids where did you feel like it impressed you or in or it impact you um <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Uh, I I want I want to preface it by saying I actually think the answer to this question is somewhere in the middle. So and we're going to talk about this. We're gonna we're gonna wax philosophical tonight. Yes. So just just get ready. Just just get you a, you smoke you smoke a pipe or cigar. Just <laughs> light it up and pour pour you pour you some brandy. We're, we're gonna have a, a nice nice long deep conversation. Um. So uh, so I, I I will say that the answer to your question is. That I think Mario Plus Rabbids impresses me, um, and, and and we'll talk about kind of kind of why, but it impresses me for a number of reasons, and uh, you know most specifically is that th- this is the very first game, maybe not the very first, but probably the most prominent game fe- featuring Mario that Nintendo did not develop and or publish. This was all done by by uh, Ubisoft, and and when I play it, it feels like Mario. I mean it feels like a Nintendo game. And that is so super rare. You talked about you talked about Rayman. Um and Rayman is a fantastic game. And I love yes. it. The music the music in it, the music levels that they do are amazing in that game. But there's still not something it, it still doesn't have quite that 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 pitch perfect touch that Mario games have, right? Yes. And so for me to play a game like Mario Plus Rabbids and to not for one second feel like this wasn't developed by Shigeru Miyamoto himself, like that's pretty impressive. Yes. And with Mario Rabbids, for a lot of us, or not a lot of us, but um, I didn't think it was real. And I was just like, I'll wait to... <laughs> like I'll, I'm like, I'll wait to... Something about it be get becomes revealed, uh, because you could easily be fooled by stuff nowadays. Be like Photoshop and everything. Sure. And when people were looking at it, they were already making a judgment, saying that the game was going to be terrible. That um, this is not this is a joke. And then they showcased it as the opening game at Ubisoft's press conference. In it, not pretty much everybody who was watching the press conference was uh, even the guy uh the uh, creator of uh XCOM which is like I was even shocked and surprised <laughs> yeah 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 so for sure it shows you how like the trailer impact people because it surprised them on how good it was it looked yeah and when people actually played it they were impressed yeah for sure, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's almost, it's almost kind of that that perfect storm. Um, and, and I, I actually think the um, the impl- the implications of the game, and this to me is where the impact comes comes in. Uh-huh. I think the implications of the game are going to reach far beyond even what it ever set out to do. And what I mean by that is, at this point, you're going to now start seeing Nintendo loosen the reins a little bit, and you're going to see companies get so here's the thing that happens in games, and it's not just games. I don't want to say that it happens in movies too. But you get to this point where you're kind of safe, and when you spend the hours and the time and the development costs into making a game, you want to make something that you know people are going to buy. Yes. 
And so whenever you're talking about a Mario game, you instantly think platforming, you know, you think either 2D, you know, side-scrolling, or you think, you know, 3D mascot, and that's your idea of a Mario game. And so for somebody to put money into a game with Mario that's not going to be that, that's a huge risk. And a lot of companies don't do that because if they take that big of a risk and it doesn't pay off, you know, you're talking about years lost, right? But when you see something like this and you see that, I think the impact is that the fans are embracing this game. Um, and, uh, you know, Ubisoft itself doesn't have a great track record, you know, because they, they've, they've gotten into this habit of annualizing games and, and they, they have a, a little bit of a bad rep for that kind of stuff. Yes. And, um, and so, but to see them come out, to see fans rally behind this game and Switch fans are, I, I have not talked to one person that didn't at least, appreciate the game for what it was. I had a couple people that were like, oh, I just don't like tactic games. You know, I'm not going to play it. You know, I tried it, but it's not for me. And that's fine. But I'm, I have not heard one person play the game and say, oh, this is just garbage. This is the worst thing I've ever done to Mario. I can't ever play this again. Like, I've never heard, I'm not, I haven't heard anybody say that. And so I think the, the impact now, so it impresses um, right off the bat, but I think the impact comes from seeing, seeing more companies maybe take chances like this. You know, seeing mascots like, you know, like Sonic or um, you know or, or Banjo over at Xbox or or something like that uh, you know Ratchet and Clank seeing the, seeing these characters and maybe you throw them in something else and you maybe roll the dice and see if you can you can make you know a, a, a great game like this come out of nowhere so well if you um, for those who are picking up or who already have uh, Metroid Seven Returns when people found out that Mercury System was making it. They have a reputation of making one decent game and two bad games. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, uh, it was it, everybody was just like, "Well, I was just now wait." But then when <laughs> you see that Mercury System, just like Nintendo, made us a better developer. Uh huh. Now you're just like okay, and now you're seeing reviews of like nines and sevens and eight, well, not so, not well, yeah, it's like a seven point five I seen for one, but I'm seeing yeah. eights and nines, and it's just like this is good. Yep, for so, sure. And I think when people actually finally play the game, I think they're going to be impressed, and they're probably going it'll probably get to a point they were just like, okay, Mercury System Nintendo, we now need another two Ds uh, uh, Metroid game. Like yeah. if it hooks in, that's very impressive. That means yeah. that that player was impact. Uh, yeah. Where, because like look at us, we want another Bayonetta on Switch. We yeah. want Bay- when you take a series that was on two other main platforms, and it go to a platform that people didn't believe in, and a the game comes out better than expected. B, it takes pretty much game of the year. And C, you got other publishers who now want you to make games with their properties because of the, because of Bayonetta and you working with Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, imp- that's very impressive. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And I mean, ho- hopefully, hopefully we, we see more of this. Uh, I was actually reading, uh, again, my, you know, I kind of circle a lot around, um, you know, Xbox, but I, I was reading an article this week that, uh, that Rare is working with, and, uh, right now the name is escaping me, but the, the, the guy and the development team behind, uh, PUBG, yeah. um, they're working on them uh, uh, at adopting the water physics, uh, the water effects 
from Sea of Thieves and putting it into PUBG for Xbox. And um, and and this is this is uh yeah this is another thing. This is this is one of those things where um you know you have. You have a, a company maybe that, and I don't even think, I don't want to say PUBG is a bad developer. They're they're a great developer, but you have a, you have a much more established developer like Rare, and 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 they're like, hey, you know, we can help you out. You know, you're you're doing great with that, with all of this. The water's a little lacking, but guess what? We have amazing water, you know, water stuff. Like, let us help you. That's kind of what Nintendo did, right? Nintendo, Nintendo comes in and is like, we're going to give you Metroid, yes. but we're not, we're going to help you. We're not just going to give you Metroid and let you you know go out and do what you want to do. We're going to come beside you and we're going to help you. And um and so. So yeah, so I, I, I look a collaborative environment for video games only speaks to a more positive turn for you know for the fans. I mean, we're going to get better experiences the more that teams and you know your publishing you know teams and development teams collaborate for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you uh, this question: um, Why do you think these two play a part in video games? Like, why do you think that? Uh, if you like, do you think that it could determine a particular status? Uh, meaning that when a game is very impactful, it becomes a classic game, or if it's very impressive, it's something that changes the uh, the landscape of video game culture. Like if you like, let's take well, Hellblade. I know you haven't played it, and I haven't played it. Um, yeah, but it talks about mental health. Yeah. And for some people, that's very impactful. They're yeah. they're, they're impressed because it's Ninja Theory, and we know Ninja. To me personally, Ninja Theory does some of the some of the best motion capture and kind of like graphical, like out like DMC Devil May Cry. Yeah, and Slay was one of my favorite games yes. last gen. Yep, great game. Yeah. So, do you think that uh like do you think that these two play a major part in a video game? So, so I'll, I'll, let me answer it this way first. Um, I, let me say that I don't think it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's required. I, I don't think a game has to be both impactful and impressive to to succeed. But I do think when we think about the games in our history that are. That, that are at the next level, I think that they do um, attempt for these two things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me uh, so 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 uh, examples, you know, are 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 important. So so let's kind of give a couple of examples of, of what I'm talking about. Um, when uh, whenever you have a game uh, like Minecraft, yes, I, I I don't know that I would um, I would necessarily argue that Minecraft is impressive um to to but again it depends on your definition of of impressive but like it's basically just building blocks right but but it's impactful right because of the experience that it creates which no other game has ever done before you can literally destroy everything build anything it's open world like you just you you do you do what you want to do right i would call that impactful the games have changed because of a game like minecraft um, whereas I wouldn't necessarily, if somebody was coming into my house the first time and they hadn't, you know, are like, oh, what's the temperature on a video game today? Oh, let me show you Minecraft. You're going to be really impressed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Right. Right. Whereas on the flip side of that, um, 
I uh, and 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 I'm going to use this as an example because I actually haven't played this game, so just take what I'm going to say with a grain of sand. But I have talked to a few people that have. But I would say a game like Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, I have that. Which I don't think that it's necessarily impactful from what I've heard. Um, there, it's not for what I've heard. Other than having a female lead, which I do think is impactful, so maybe that's a bad example. Um, yeah, that may be a bad example. Let's go. Let's go backwards. Let's go Uncharted Four. Okay, so I, I don't. I don't know that I necessarily think Uncharted Four is an impactful game, um, but I do think it is impressive. I think it is visually um, and and mechanically and what they're able to do is impressive. Somebody came to my house and I said, "Let me show you." Uncharted 4 running on PS4 Pro, that would make their draw drop, whereas Uncharted 4 didn't change the landscape of video games, right? right. Are, are you following kind of what, what I'm saying? So, so I think for me, like, the pillars of that experience are games that can capture both. So just, just this year, we had a game come out called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes. And Breath of the Wild, when you load up Breath of the Wild and you show it to somebody, I think it's visually impressive. And then when you jump off of a, a mountain and you glide down and can go anywhere that you want to, it is impressive that it, there's that breadth to the game. But at the same time, it is the it is to, in my opinion by far the best, most it, most realized open world experience that we've had. And when did open world uh, you know start? Was that GTA three? Right, that, that kind of um, launched it. They, maybe they say it is, but. I to me personally, I think uh, Ocarina of Time. Okay, so that's what ninety six, ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. That was a three D open world because there's well because Crash and well mostly like Spyro the Dragon, like those PS one three D games, they were platformers, but you yeah. you you couldn't do anything that you wanted to. Where I feel yeah. like Breath of the not Breath of the Wild, Ocarina, Ocarina. of Time. Since it was so open, you could you pretty much depending on uh, if you could make it or not, you could kind of go anywhere and uh, deal with the consequences. But you might be rewarded if you were able to survive and make it. Where GTA just kind of like defined the world, open world, because uh, it was such huge, it was it was huge, and you could do anything. And the consequences to that would be you were going to get chased by the cops. Or you got uh, put in a cheap in cheat code and just do with anything that you want. Sure, sure. So, so let's. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not. Again, I wasn't a PlayStation guy. I don't know the year that GTA Three came out without looking it up. Uh, I want to say Ocarina was either '97 or '98, but I'm not positive. But let, let's just let's just say kind of let's just stab right there. '97, '98. We're introducing kind of the idea of what an open world could be, yeah. and now it's now it's been twenty years since that game has come out, and. And there is, in my opinion, there's never been a more realized open world than Zelda, uh, Breath of the Wild. So now, not, not only is it impressive to show people and to look at and to experience, but it also impacts everything that comes after. Like, yes. I'm, I, I'm actually, I'm scared to death to play Red Dead Redemption 2. Because if they don't let me climb mountains, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, because, you know, it's like Zelda has, has changed the game. And this is the thing about climbing. Climbing was a thing that you was doing on a ladder, pressing a button or just mm -hmm. pressing up, or you was jumping on a cliff 
and pressing the buttons to jump up up more yeah like this game makes you like if i could grab onto this and i have enough stamina to do it that's right that's right that's the limit man yeah Literally, the sky is the limit in that game, and that and and that changes things. So you have you have these games come by. I mean, we could go all the way back to a game like Mario sixty four, right? Yes. Uh, Mario sixty four defined what three D gaming was. Now, if you if you look well three D platforming, if you look at Mario now, it looks awful. Like Mario sixty four is not a, is not a great looking game. Yes. But in but when it came out was it ninety four ninety five when it came out in nineteen ninety four ninety five and and you booted that game up for the first time and you could make Mario have a giant nose and squishy cheeks right and then you load up into that game and your and your world completely changes because up until that point you've only played platformers from left to right and it just breaks that wall right so so at the time it was visually impressive and it was super impactful so i, I think the games that stand the test of time really kind of kind of hit both of those boxes yeah, the thing with Super Mario 64 is that it introduced analog controlling. That's right. And That's right. that not only changed what gaming is today, it kind of like changed the whole industry. Cause now yeah. it was just like, your talk, your controls have to be as tight as Mario 64. That's right. And when your controls have to be that tight, come on now. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's very that's not only impactful to the player. That's on the industry. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's and I will say that is one thing that Nintendo has done and just continues to do. Nintendo continues to raise the bar. And you can argue all day long about, you know, they, they don't always have the most advanced uh, systems or hardware. But what they do in, in software is constantly raise the bar for what's expected in a video game. And uh, and that's, 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 an, that's an amazing feat for them to do. Uh, you know what? I think when it comes to learning about video games, you always go to the software. And if you want to learn about them, Nintendo, pretty to me personally, is pretty much the only developer in... I want to say publisher, but the only developer you can learn game design from. Yep. Because the thing about it is, you're not going to have, you're not going to be making games that's going to be on that level. You're going to be making games that's going to feel almost copy and paste. If you don't believe me, look at the Call of Duty franchise. Yeah, for sure. Look at look at Uncharted. Like uh-huh. you literally could say, as good as the developers are. A lot of that stuff is copy and paste. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what have you done in this franchise alone that has not only impressed or made it impactful, but changed the whole, like, changed the, uh, ch- changed the industry, changed yeah. how you like you view a game? Because yeah. when people say when pe- when people when you copy and paste a game. You could actually be like point A, point B, point C. This game has been colored by the numbers or letters. Mm-hmm. So you pretty much could tell that like it's going to be impressive because it's coming from this developer because they're known for doing this. And you play and you'd be like, yep, you've been doing the same thing in past games. So that's why we know that it's impressive. Yeah. With Nintendo, you figure out like you're thinking you're looking at Xenoblade Chronicles X and just be like, how in the heck are you running a game like this on a Wii U? 
That's right. And now they're doing the same thing with Xenoblade uh, 2. Dude, I literally, I was, you probably seen my tweet, was just like, uh-huh. how is this possible on Switch? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and we're also getting Doom, and we're also getting Wolfenstein 2. Yes. Which, which, you know, when, when, when the first, at first when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, Doom and Wolfenstein. They're, they're, you know, a couple years old, that's fine. But then I look again, I'm like, no, this is Wolfenstein 2. This is the game that comes out in a month. Now that that's impressive that that they're able to get that on that little machine for oh, sure. Oh shoot, that was imp- uh, That's <laughs> impactful because now everybody's just looking at third party, uh, Western third party. I'm just like the ball is in your court because if they right. can get this game running on this system, yet you can't get Titanfall. That you're not even going to try to get Titanfall too. Yeah, everybody is now going to look at you guys at like crazy because. Yep. Their announcement just impact the gaming community. Now the ca- gaming community are come come to you and just be like, "We're not impressed. Your your answers now cannot impress us. Huh? If you if you want if you say that you can't do it, you literally gonna have to do a a a, a video series showing that you can't. Do <laughs> you <it>. can't. <laughs> I've tried and I absolutely can't. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, and and, and you know, it's funny because it works in the reverse too. And I hear a lot of people kind of. My my thing is, I I've moved on from my 3ds. Um, I I am a handheld gamer, but I'm also a grown man and I have a real job, so I can't. I can only carry so many devices with me. So every day I leave, I take my iPad and I take a handheld. At this point, that my the switch that is what the switch is filling for me. So I take my iPad, and I take my switch every day when I leave, and so like I'm not gonna play Samus Returns uh, as much as. I love Metroid as much as I as, as I love uh, you know Metroid Two and, and I love the series and I want to support that game. I, I I don't want it. It absolutely blows my mind. People are arguing that you know oh well it would take too much time for them to put it on the Switch. That's why they didn't do it. They're putting Skyrim on the Switch. If you're telling me that, that Bethesda can put Skyrim on the Switch, but you can't Nintendo can't put a 3DS Metroid, that's ridiculous. Nintendo is they're hedging their bets. They want to sell as much as they can on the 3DS. I absolutely believe that they will bring that to Switch at some point. But that's that, that's another argument. But yeah, but 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 the point is the Switch is changing the game in a lot of ways. They're making a huge impact. Um, really, for the to me for the first time in a hardware space in a long time. Um, You know, hardware has been very iterative for the last, maybe... Maybe always, you know. I mean, you, you could look at we we brought in motion controls, and um, and that kind of revolutionized things a little bit. But it's not like it doesn't remain, right? We're not we're not, we're not still playing with well, some people are playing arms, but the majority of video gamers are not playing with motion controls. So that was that was kind of of its time. Mm-hmm. But the switch as a console is going to change where games go from here. Like I could. I could absolutely see in the next 10 years PlayStation and Microsoft do the same thing with their next console, make a super powerful, portable, you know, video game machine because I, I just, they're changing the game once again. Yeah, yeah. So it is impressive. It, 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 it is. And I think that's the thing with Nintendo is that their innovations is impressive and is impactful. You brought up the Wii. Guess what? The Wii tried to... PSN try uh, PlayStation tried to do it with the move. Yep. Uh, Wii U, Microsoft is Microsoft tried to do it with Smart Glass. PlayStation tried to do it with the Vita. Yep. So, I mean, 
you know, PlayStation Portable and uh, Vita, you know, they're try- they were trying to go after uh, 3DS yep. and the DS, and you know, not trying to steal their thunder, but show that hey, we could do the same thing. But the yeah. thing about it is, yeah, you could try and do the same thing, but you have to support it, and you <laughs> dropped your support for that quicker than a blind eye. So, right. we, look. Nintendo struggled with the DS to even capture on. Uh-huh. And over time, as they continue to uh, deliver games and third party continue to deliver games, it built a library that made people interested into the system. And that's how that system did wonders. That's how yep. it impressed and it made it impactful. Absolutely. So, um, but we're going. I'm going to ask you, you uh, what does it take to be impactful? You know, does it have to resonate with you? Does the game have to resonate with Chris uh, to make it impactful? Um. So I am. I'm a storyteller. I, I, I consider myself a writer, and, and I'm. Uh, you know, I, I love. I love story. Um. And so. You, you know, I just got a big smile right now because I I'm a hundred percent on with you with this one. <laughs> so so for for me, uh, so so let, let me say that it doesn't have to be okay. It doesn't have to be impactful for me to enjoy it. Um, Mario plus Rabbids is not impacting me emotionally in any way. It's mm-hmm. funny every now and then, but but I have fun with it. It's an, it's an absolutely amazing game. But the games that stick with me are impactful in in either emotional or in intellectual ways. Yes. And uh, so like like just just kind of it's interesting that you said intellectual cuz I'm going to let you go cuz you just that's new. Okay. You you trust me. People do not think about story and don't and and are not trying to be intellectual. I have people at my job be like I don't want to play a game that's a lot of reading. What? Wait. <laughs> You're you're 35 years old. What you talking about? You don't want a game that you have to read. Uh huh. But go ahead, because this intellectual <laughs> yeah. part is like very important. Go ahead. Yeah. So um. So uh, on on the intellectual part, have you have you um have you ever played Device Six? I don't know if you do like mobile games like iOS or iPad. Oh um, no, I do not. Okay. So so there's this amazing game on iPad. It's called Device Six, and it's an interactive novel. Mm-hmm. And as you read it, you're just re- you're turning pages, but like things happen, and there, you know, there's a couple like, little puzzle things that you do. But it's one of the most engrossing experiences. But anyway, uh, let's, let's get back on track. Okay. So um so so let me give you a game. A game like uh let's see, Last of Us. Uh-huh. Last of Us was emotionally impactful. Um, uh, did you play Last of Us? I have it. I I think okay. it's it's <laughs> uh, it's a there's better stories. There's, okay, all right. There's okay, <laughs> okay. Let's go. Let, let, let's go backwards. Um, Walking Dead. Did you play Walking Dead? I have it. Uh, still not impactful. It's a zombie game. Yeah, you haven't played The Walking Dead, the first season of Walk Tales of the Walking Dead? I have it on PS4. I, I played it, but, uh, I you think... You played all the way through. All, all five chapters. I, I got some more chapters I need to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, so, the, 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 the ending of that game is very impactful. It's great. Well, um... I'm trying to get... Hey, what about Final Fantasy VII? Yes. 
I played okay. it completely. So, uh, we're going to spoil Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> was a 20-year-old game now. I'm sorry for spoiling a 20-year-old game for you. So, you get to the middle of that game, right? Yes. And Seth Roth comes in, and he, he just straight up murders one of the biggest characters in the game. Right? Yes. Did that impact you at that moment? That threw me for a loop. <laughs> sure. Because because sure. it, it did it came out of nowhere. You've I, never seen storytell. You never seen a character die in uh, in a manner like that in a cutscene. Mm-hmm. Like to see to visually see it, mm-hmm. you're like, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. Especially I'm mean, you know it's funny if if you look at if you look at now like if you if you don't know what we're talking about just just Google. Uh, Final Fantasy death scene, Final Fantasy Seven death yes. scene, and you watch it, it will not have the same impact when you watch it on YouTube as you did playing it. Because at that time, our eyes only knew that games looked that good, and for that time, Final Fantasy Seven was a a, a beautiful game. Yes, uh, it looks like total garbage now, but oh. but at that time, like you're completely engrossed in that experience, right? And uh, and you have you have like this emotional uh, this emotional impact uh, because you are emotionally involved with these characters. Yes, right. And uh, and so so that's that's very uh, you know that's very very telling. Um, you know there are there are others. I mean, Half Life. You know, Half Life comes to mind. The end of Half Life is another game that emotionally kind of kind of gets you invested in those characters. And so so there are games there are games that do that. Um, when I said things like intellectual, I think of a game like Braid. Uh, did you play Braid? Um, no. It was an XBLA game. Okay, no. so the XBLA I, I, game. I've seen it, but I, and I know what it is. I know what happens at the end of it, but I just didn't play it. Okay, so we're gonna spoil. We're gonna spoil, spoil Braid for you too. So listen, we're spoiling all kind of games. We should just right. put this spoiler cast before we got on here. Um, so one thing I love about Braid, and this is what we're talking about, people that don't like to read. Um, if you, when you play Braid, every level that you start, there are podiums. Um, and I want to say there's like five or six books on podiums, and you can walk up to those books and you can read, and they're pages and pages of this guy's story, Barry's story. And you're just you're reading it. It's it's his interaction with trying to find the princess, the girl at the end, uh, you know, his true love, and all this is going down. And you're level by level, and you're reading these little glimpses into into what that experience is. Um, here come the spoilers. At the end of the game, you realize that the princess is trying to get away from you you are the bad guy she doesn't want to be with you and so you get to the end of the game and the actual hero of the game comes and saves her and helps her escape from you and that is one of the smartest like most to me one of the most challenging games to wrap my head around uh-huh. but I, played, I played it a complete second time and then you reread all the stuff with the the foreknowledge now of knowing that you're the bad guy, you know you're the guy that she's trying to get away from, and it just changes that whole experience. Um, like those kind of games impact me big time, like super impactful. Um, the one that has like that that really impact me that I literally wrote about uh, last year, and it actually took uh, game of the year for PlayStation was the Last Guardian. Okay, and there you go. The reason why it impacted me that even though, th- and it doesn't tell a story, uh, Trico and your main character, their reaction throughout that whole game, it, it, 
when you see some of the, like some of the cutscenes and stuff, it literally almost makes you want to fall in tears at times. Yeah. But when I the part that it like really impacted me was um just when Trico uh and you are in the water and Trico is taking a bath and playing around. It was so realistic and yeah. I was so happy because I was just like Team Eco is Sony's Nintendo. And yeah, they did great. something to me emotionally. Like it connected on me on a level that I was just so happy to see it. And it hurt me like the parts where um spoiler alert, it hurt me when there's other Tricos who are under this uh under this kind of obedience of a spell and they're beating up on Trico. Like, yeah. they're biting him. They're ripping him. And it's just like, this is my baby. Like, yeah. This is yeah. my best yeah. friend. And to see something like that happen to a character, even, I would, I would just like, no, you can't be doing this. Because yeah. it kind of, it, it, it makes you feel like in real life that when, when your friends or even your family members are getting beat up from other people that you know you're you really care for this person you really connected and you're really down for this person to see someone get beat up like that and at and you feel helpless because you can't do anything absolutely that's impactful that's very impactful yeah you 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 mentioned uh intellectual i'm like this is this is smart because they were able to um they were able to show this vision without using words yeah. They use the art of telling the story by you just watching it. Not really no no sound effects. Um the music is displaying what's going on. Yeah. But you don't know really like you really don't you really can't do nothing because it's you're just you're just in that moment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Another one is rhyme. I don't know if you play Rhyme or Xbox. I haven't enough. played Rhyme yet. Okay. No. And I don't. I this one I won't spoil because I'm uh, I'm waiting for Rhyme to come out for Switch. Yeah, that's right. Pe- Me too. And for people to play because I played it on PS4 and beat it. And I'm going to have that discussion on Rhyme like later on after it comes out for Switch. Uh, when you experience that story. And I've I've actually messaged the the uh, the uh, the producer who did the music. I actually messaged him and told him, literally, I'm just like, just thank you for the music in this game. Yeah, I'm just like, your his music made the game. Yeah, and I'm like, and that's not to shade anyone at Tequila Works. I'm looking forward to their next game. But I told I told him just like your music did made this game because you was able to express what this story is trying to tell me. And that's to me on the intellectual part, that's really smart that people don't uh, that's really smart because people don't appreciate game music in a way that he produced it. And that's very imp- to me. I yeah. love music, and when a music, sure. when a score like that impact me, I'm just like, I and I told him, I, and I still gotta buy his. I gotta still gotta buy the music to rhyme. Uh, that's very impactful. 
And yeah. we as gamers who only vision envisioned Call of Duty as true hardcore gaming or shooter must, I'm like, you don't understand a lot of stuff that you that you hold yourself back from. Yeah. That you miss. Like you don't understand why games like Limbo or like you said Braid or stuff like that are impactful and they impress us in a certain matter, but when they when they touch us and it means something why we put them on our top gaming list or our top 10 list and we keep doing it over and over because that game impact us in a manner that a lot of people don't want a lot of people don't say won't a lot of people don't tend to say or talk about like yeah if i go to a sports fan and just be like well why is mario kart double dash not impactful but madden 2015 is you know yeah. why why does that mean something to you and the first yeah. thing they'll probably say is just like well i've won the super bowl yeah exactly yeah yeah or that was the game i used to play with my brother or I used to play with my dad i mean yeah. you know we, we all have our, our our own our own you know things you know with games and uh but you know that you know obviously you know we're, we're talking about a, a bigger a bigger picture you know in eco eco you you brought up eco eco is great at this yes. like shadow shadow of the colossus is literally about you murdering things in order to save the person that you love and like the weight of that choice um like what links would you go to to save to attempt to save the person that you love would you literally hunt down and murder what appear to be pretty innocent you know creatures in this whole in this whole synopsis and and just like the idea of uh, of of the links that we would go to in what our what our really kind of what our humanity is and, and what our devotion and what our love is like, the, like those are those are those are great great things inside inside came out um inside was my uh, probably my favorite game of the year last year i don't know um if you it did eventually come to playstation did you have you played inside i have it on playstation and okay we're just gonna have this discussion this is is optional opinion everybody know how this rolls (laughs) this is how freedom works on this show i literally think inside is a okay game okay and okay i've got to play more of it it's not game of the year material to me okay well have you beat it not yet i i see I cheated and seen the ending because I didn't have I didn't plan on buying the game. I even oh man! I I I I seen it because I, at that time it wasn't on PlayStation. So gotcha. I, yeah. I was just trying to see you know what this game was trying to offer and what everybody was talking about, and I seen the ending. But um, that that didn't st- when I seen it on sale for PlayStation because I got it on PlayStation like for five dollars. So oh, I was just like, okay, I'll pick it up now and go through the game and see what everybody's saying because just seeing the ending doesn't correlate to what you experienced about the whole game. No, 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 not 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 at all. So, so I will say this: um, you know, we came back to the idea. That I told you that I I, I really enjoy games that are intellectual. Yes. And I to to me that like inside is a great definition of that. Um, there is no hand holding in in inside. 
as far as storytelling goes. You have no idea what's going on. You don't know if this is the real world. You don't know if this is a fantasy world. You don't know if this is the past. You don't know if this is the present. Like, you don't know where you are. Um, it's not, nothing is told. And, uh, and so it does this amazing thing where it's, it's all environmental, but just kind of like you're talking about, the, the soundtrack is eerie and, and it has such great sound design. When you hear, you know, footsteps coming up behind you or, you know, the wind blowing in the back Background. This is amazing sound design, but it is a game that causes you to, at kind of at every turn, really forces you to try to figure out what the heck's going on. And you can play that game ten times. What I I beat it maybe three or four all the way through, mm-hmm. and each time, you know, I'm I, I there's a little bit more intrigue that I have into w- what is actually going on and what what I what I think about it and. We'll probably never know. I mean, the developers probably never going to come out and be like, "This is the definitive thing that's happening." But like, I have all kinds of theories on, on how the kid is. The kid escaping? Is he going back? What? How did he? How did he? Uh, did he know somebody there? Was he being drawn? Is it all? Is it all made up? Is it all like just a hallucination that he said? Like, there's so much there to digest, and kind of, kind of, just what you're talking about the, the idea with with Last Guardian in a different way, but the fact that the world just tells you enough and let you have the experience that you're having and like my experience with inside was the lights were off my headphones were on it was quiet and i'm just playing this game and i'm completely immersed in it and i'm, yes. I'm, I'm like sucked into this world and you know can I, and can I give it to them for that trailer that inside trailer oh, yeah? was oh, that is that inside trailer right? made me want to play inside i just didn't Go ahead and buy it because it it was one of those games that oh we just dropped it on Xbox One. I'm like, oh yeah, you did. <laughs> oh okay. I I'm like you dropped it at a time where I got like seventy seventy five thousand games that I need to play with you and and, and blog about. Like <laughs> like I don't got time for this. That's true. That's true. No, um, yeah, and I'll say, you know, we mentioned Walking Dead a little bit. You know, Walking Dead is another game for me that, um, you know, one of the things that I like about Telltale, and Telltale is one of those, um, one of those games, uh, kind of their their uh, their overall game, you know, uh, series, all the different games. I don't think that they're impressive. I think visually they look a little rough. They're very wonky, bad frame rates, um, just just not great. Uh, like in that in that perspective, so I don't think they're impressive in that way. But you know, Walking Dead was the first time that they allowed you, that a game really allowed you to have kind of that kind of choice, like life or death, impactful kind of choice over over you know five different episodes. And uh, by the time you get to the last episode, if you play it from the beginning and you're really invested in it, like you're invested in these characters, and one of them dies, I mean, it, it, it's. It's impactful, you know, and uh, and it is. It is a zombie game, and it's you know, and all, all those tropes are there. But uh, you know, if you let yourself kind of get to know these characters, and then you make a wrong decision or something, and then one of them ends up dying, like it, it, it's pretty impactful. It's pretty brutal. And, and I, uh, I think the story, like in Batman: The Telltale Adventure, like that is impressive. Like oh, Batman's so good. Oh, it's so good. I have. So I'm waiting for all of Part Two to release. Yeah, I, I, I haven't started a part. I haven't started a part two yet either. But yeah, um, Batman's great. Oh, uh, so I played them. I got the Wolf Among Us for PS4. I should have got it for okay. Xbox. <laughs> that game is so good. Uh-huh. The story is the story is kind of weird, uh-huh. but it 
okay, because I love psychological and I love mysteries. I love mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it hit and it hits on both of them. Yeah. With ease. And I'm just like, oh yes. <laughs> this is going yes. this is impressive because they're 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 meeting all my needs for this game. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, it's good. Um yeah, so so I mean so, so I so I like games like that. So you know, kinda kinda coming back to where we started, I, I do think it's important and I think the games that we remember when we talk about games like Mario sixty four or Ocarina of Time or even Final Fantasy Seven or games like Mega Man or you know GTA three, like like these games were both impressive you know, whether it's visually or gameplay wise or just seeing something you've never seen before that 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 impress you. But at, but then at the same time they they have shaped gaming to where we've come. Yes. And so like we wouldn't have games like, you know, I would argue we wouldn't have a game like Breath of the World without having, you know, if we go back to, to Ocarina starting the open world and then seeing games like GTA and then eventually Assassin's Creed and then eventually Red Dead Redemption and now we get back to Breath of the Wild and Breath of the Wild now has spanned this 20 years where now it's perfected the open world. You know, I, I literally don't know what else you could do to make me. I loved every bit of, I never rode my horse in Breath of the Wild. Because I'm like, I don't want to miss anything. Like, there's so much in this world that I want to see, and I want to touch, and I want to climb, and I want to I want to cut with an axe. Like I, like, I just, I wanted to walk everywhere and be in that world. And um, so... So, so I, I, let, let me say this: escapism is 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 an important part of of, hu- yes. of the human psyche, and um, you know we we escape in a lot of ways. You know we we get drunk sometimes on Friday night, and uh, and that, that that helps. Um, but you know uh, movies are movies and TV shows are a big you know escapism. You kind of get to turn off your brain. Um, you know amusement is, is is that's what it is. It's like it's not using your brain. Um, but video games take that and they they add a layer. Of interactive, um, you know, interactive behavior that you can't get anywhere else. I love watching movies, and when I watch, you know, something like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and I'm like, I'm laughing, and this is a great experience to watch. But I am not interacting, or, or, um, you know, uh, I have no bearing on what's happening. I'm just watching. I'm a spectator. And what video games allows you to do is video games allows escapism to come in and it allows you to participate yes. in the actual escape. And that is something that no other medium can do. And that is something that that, that I, I think is, is probably the primary. Whether people can, can, can uh, like qualify it or not, I think that's the thing that sets video games apart is that it allows you to experience the actual escape, um, which no other medium can, can do. Yes. Um, there is... There's something about uh, when a game uh, has to resonate with me to be impactful and it it, it has to resonate with me, uh, of course, you know, when I do a podcast, when I'm writing. But as a kid, it had to reson- resonate with me through music. It had to resonate with me through uh, good level design. Like, it had, to, it had to do some things that made me just be like, if I talk about this, everybody that I talk to about this know what it is. And when you know what it is, it's impactful. Yeah. If I, I literally, 
if I went to everybody and just like, do you know how good the jumping in Super Mario Brothers is? <laughs> and if I could get thousands of stories of just how how much uh, people thought that that long jump, uh, that they thought they was gonna fall into a pit, but yet yet made somehow just enough. Just yeah, enough. <laughs> Look at Super Mario Maker. Uh-huh. That's impactful because you're designing something that for us retro people, for us older people, we played Mario. And those who didn't play Mario at least played the platform game. So you sure. know how attacking and the jumping works. But to now have where your work and your creativities is being shared out over, um, you know, throughout the world. That's very impactful. And to give, whether it's negative or positive feedback, to get feedback about your creativity, you would never think something like that would ever happen. Sure. Like, like Minecraft is fine for those who are creative in that sense, but the music of Mario Brothers and the jumping in Mario Brothers trained me to play video games in, in, in any genre. And then yeah. finally to make that to make my childhood gaming that I that I know and love to make that so the world could share it. I mean yeah. the world could play it. That's yeah. that's crazy. That resonates that you know deep within me. And I like oh. returning back to Super Mario Maker, which I which they need to bring out the Switch. Like yeah. I, yeah. I have too <laughs> many level ideas <laughs> to, to let people know. Um, no, I I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I was I was gonna you know just kind of add add a little bit to that. I you know I I, I feel like that we we are driv- we are goals driven people, right? I'm not not people in general like are like like uh, the human race. We're we're, we're goal driven. We are driven to complete something, to be the best at something, to achieve something. Achievement is so huge in the psyche of people. We want to know at the end of the day that we did something. Maybe it's just that we didn't die, you know? But like, yes. that, that's the, that, some days, that some days, uh, the, the fact that I don't run my boss over in the parking lot, like, that's an achievement for me, you know what I mean? Um, kidding, if my boss is listening, hi. Uh, I love you. Um, but, uh, but, but the idea of, of achieving something, and what games, do, what, what video games do is it gives you know like i'm never gonna be the quarterback of the dallas cowboys right um i'm never gonna be uh the you know the center of the cleveland cavaliers like that's just not you know that's that's i'm 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 a chubby white guy that's just never gonna happen right so um there's some things that i can't do you know what i can do i can i can I can beat the crap out of you in Smash Brothers. Um, I, 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 I'm good at that, you know. <laughs> I'm good at something, and so, uh-huh. so, so there, there, there is, there is something to, um, you know, uh, you were talking about kind of having that, 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 that echo chamber, that zeitgeist of being able to talk and discuss. But, but to take that a, a further, it's like, guys, I got to level eight, one last night. No, you didn't. No, dude, come over after school. I, I, I turned the TV off. It's still on. You come over after school. I'm going to show you yes. that I did. Um, you know, or, or, or you're like, oh, I beat Mario last night. Yeah, well, what happened at the end? 
I, I know, I know what happened. Well, if you know what happened, to tell me, you know, and it's just like it, it was, you know, that's how we were growing up. But even now, you know, even now, you know, when I'm on Twitter and I'm like, guys, I just beat, I just beat Inside, and it blew my mind. Like, like it's a great game, but having kind of that, kind of that, that achievement level as well, I think is 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 an important part of the human psyche and being able to have these these victories, if you will, these these achievements, these goals that we hit as video gamers, you know, beating a game or overcoming that there's nothing better than being stuck on like a puzzle game or, or even i've been playing mario plus rabbits and when some of those some of the, the later levels get really hard and sometimes i die two or three times and i put it down and i'm like okay i'm gonna i need a, i need a break i'm gonna play this tomorrow and i play tomorrow and i beat it and i'm like yes you know i slam the switch down and i'm like suck it rabbits <laughs> but um you know, just j- j- just the idea that that you you kind of you kind of get a little bit of a, of, a, of a camaraderie, but then you you also are achieving a goal. I think which which helps kind of just fuel that mentality within people. Okay, so uh, let me ask you this next question uh, to impress you: uh, Does it have to perform in a way beyond expectations? Uh, and before you answer it, um, I'm gonna give just a little quick story. Uh, my friend Lance that I met in Indiana. Uh, we were playing Ikaruga on Xbox One. Uh, you know, backwards compatible for 360. So, a, a really easy game then. Uh, <laughs> no, Ikaruga is hard. Yeah, because I, 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 I was I, kidding. I was kidding. <laughs> I was just like, uh, I'm like, did you play the GameCube version? <laughs> did you play this in the arcade? No, that is a very hard game. Which is weird. Uh, there's a place called, uh, Galloping Ghosts. Um, they the one that, the one that have Primal Rage two, the okay. arcade game. Uh, okay. it, it would never it was never released, but they somehow okay. have a copy. That's they have the actual Japanese version of Ikaruga, and Lance and I are playing it, and he was just like, "I never beat in this game. I haven't gotten this far," and I was just like, "Oh, you're in for a treat." Yeah, so we're playing. And he is seeing, you know, he's seeing my skill. And he literally is impressed. And just like, dude, how I'm like, I played this on the GameCube so much. I played this game every day to the, to, I could get unlimited continues. And <laughs> because it's so hard. Yeah. I, it's a bullet hell game. I'm trying to switch polarities. I, I'm like, I, trust me, I'm playing this game and I don't have a second player. So all of that I'm doing is from everything as playing as a first player, as yep. one, as one player. He For seen sure. my skill and was just like, I, he, we got to the third level. Um, and he was just like, I've never gotten this far in the game. Yeah. And so he ended up dying. That's he, great. He ended up getting like to the boss and stuff with me. And That's we, awesome. We ended up being at the third level, but we got killed at the fourth level. Because <laughs> I, I told him, I'm just like, we're going to have to do unlimited continues because when we get to this fourth, fourth level, when it's get past the intro, you're going to see things that's going to be crazy. And what I'm going to need you to do is, I'm gonna need you to set yourself as one color. If I'm blocking something, you need to get behind me. If I switch colors, you switch colors. You have to be the defense. I mean, the That's offense. Right. I have to be the defense because once you see everything that comes through, you're going to be like, "Wow!" It gets intense. It gets intense. 
Yeah. But yeah, he was just impressed by my skill. So shout out to you, Lance, if you hear this episode. Uh, but yeah, but do you think a game has to uh, perform beyond your expectations to impress you? Um, so not not necessarily. Um, I don't I don't think it has to. Um, he, here's so 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 I have I have a couple of. Um, Kind of categories that games fall into. Okay. Number one, number one is is short experiences. I'm I'm getting old, um, and but look, I you know, I have I have kids. Um, I'm married. I have a full time job. Like I don't get to sit around for four and five and six hours a day and play games. You know, maybe like I used to in college. You know, and stuff. So um, I I like experiences that are that are either either short and easy to pick up and put down. Like Mario Plus Rabbits, or I like things that are relatively short, like a game like uh, Tacoma or Firewatch that came out. Um, you know, I, I like those kind of games because they're you know, those too. Yeah, they're they're both great, but you know, they're like what three, four hours maybe, and you're done, right? You're done done with the story. One of the things that I like about the Telltale games is that they come out in chunks, and you can normally play one of the episodes in less than two hours. So by the time you're done with the game, the five episodes, you have a ten hour experience, but you only have to play two hour chunks at a time. That works. That works perfect for me. So I, I, I'm a gamer. I, I, I game because I like the escapism of it, and sometimes I don't necessarily like the game. You know, I'm, well, I don't say that. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, like there, there are some games that I play that are, that, that are never going to be in my like my top twenty-five games of all time list. But I play them because you know because they're here and they're relevant and you know they're, they're part of the conversation and I want to be involved in that. And plus, you know, I write about games and stuff like that. So, so I, you know, I try to be I try to be in, involved with games in that way. Um, but I will say the games that I come back to are games that that do impact me in some way now only uh, i'm gonna give you an example um and this is gonna be funny if, if james and josh are listening they're gonna really enjoy this uh i for a long time i was 100 percent an overwatch hater uh absolutely d- just didn't understand the idea behind it i i i, I was I, I was physically upset that it was getting game of the year not even I nominated i still think that game is borderlands borderlands is better than overwatch but go ahead sure so 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 here here's what happened so uh, about a month ago um something like that they had it free to play on Xbox uh, mm-hmm. for the weekend because Xbox does these free weekends where they'll get like you download the game play it for free all weekend long so, uh, James and I, neither one of us owned it, and uh, it was the anniversary weekend, and so we downloaded it, and we're like, okay, we're going to play. And we played for two or three hours together, co-oping, uh, or, you know, you know, playing together on a team, and we had an absolute blast. We had so much fun. It was, it was so fun. Now, the reason that game impacted me 100% was because of James. Me and James are really good friends. He's become a really good friend of mine, and um, and I, and I like I like playing games with him. When I'm when I'm not playing with him, co-op, I've tried to play Overwatch some sometimes, and I I absolutely hate it. It does not have the experience. The experience is playing with someone. Yeah. Uh, for 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 me, that's kind of what Overwatch does. So Overwatch impacts me in that it, it to me it is a great social tool that I get to use with a really good friend. That's impactful to me, even though I would argue the game is not really that impactful at all. If anything, it's it's kind of just mediocre. Um, but it's the experience that you kind of get to play. Uh, but kind of going back to, to, to my to my my point at hand, 
like Breath of the Wild is going to be a game that's going to going to be in my top whatever list of all times because that game is it is impressive. It didn't have to be. I am a Zelda fan. I will buy any Zelda game that came out. I played Four Swords. I played Link's Crossbow Training. Like I, I'm, I'm in. If it has Link or Zelda, the only one that you won't play is the CDI ones. No, well, I, you know, I missed those because I didn't have a CDI, and I've never had the the opportunity. I, but I, let, let's be honest. If they brought if they brought remakes of those to the Switch, I would probably buy them. I would. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely would. Um, so, uh, but so I was in for Breath of the Wild just because it's a Zelda game. But that game, because it impressed me, because it impacted me, it, it, it made me care about the world that I was in. Yes. Uh, and, and, and it's it's hard if you haven't played the game. It's hard to even even explain that in words. But like, it was the first time I ever took the time. To learn the geography of the world, I turned. I went to. I think it's called Pro Mode. I w- I turned the mini map off. I never had the mini map on the screen. I just wanted to experience the game, and I walked everywhere, and I climbed everything, and I was so invested, so much beyond what I thought that I was going to be. And that game has impacted me in a way that I I never anticipated that it would. Um, so so I, I do think the games that that are going to hold the test of time will do that. But at the same time, I play Madden and I play Rocket League, and and those games aren't necessarily impressive. They're not nece- necessarily impactful. I mean, they, they do some really cool things, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, 50 years down the road, when my kid asks, what was the greatest game you ever played? I'm not going to say Overwatch and Rocket League. I mean, it's just, those are not going to be, those are not going to be the games. You know, it's going to be Breath of the Wild. It's going to be, you know, Mario Galaxy. It's going to be do- those types of games. Yeah. Uh, the games that's going to impress me, uh, and the way they... They uh, perform way beyond my expectation. It is some. It's definitely the art. Like, oh, that's great! Yeah, I looked at <laughs> Link Between Worlds. <clears throat> I looked at that art style. I look how fat the mechanic that it was going, like how fast it was going, and I kind of wanted to message Nintendo just be like, "You need to remake a Link, uh, <laughs> uh, Link to the Past." In this engine with these graphics. Yep. Keep everything the same. Remake everything in this game. Because that's how impressed I was. I mean, I was yep. a little bit impact, but I was impressed to see a handheld game could do something like this. That could be yeah. this enjoyable. And then was way impressed when it took game of the year. Like yeah. a handheld beat. All the consoles that even for some people, even PC. Yeah. Like sure. when's the last time a handheld did that? That's that's super impressive. Yeah. For sure. No, that's that's great. It's it's funny. We keep coming back to Zelda. Um I you know, I mean if we go back to eighty five in the original Zelda, like Zelda impressed yes. and impacted video games from the beginning. But uh but you know, you bring up art style. I will never forget Zelda Wind Waker. Uh, up until Breath of the yes. Wild, look, I, I don't know where Breath of the Wild is going to fall. Uh, it's too early for me to p- put it on my list yet. So, so when, so not counting Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda, hundred percent. And people say that. 
And Wind Waker, when Wind Waker HD came out for the Wii U, uh, which is one of the only Wii U games that I actually still own, uh, that game has not lost one ounce of charm and visual fidelity. That game is gorgeous yes. to this day. I love that game. I I would play a game that looks like that every single year. I think it's gorgeous. Um, and uh, so yeah, so vi- visual. I think the vi- I think you're right. Visuals are can be super important. And, and, and for sure. okay, so you might be mad at this for me. Oh, not no. counting, not counting Breath of the Wild. Let's take Breath of the Wild out for this one because okay. I think that's visually impressive, impactful, everything. Okay. Anything before Breath of the Wild, you like Wind Waker. I like Skyward Sword. No, okay, I'm okay with that. I love the watercolor look of Skyward. Yeah, Skyward Sword art style. I, I, what I'm still blown. There, there's a lot of stuff in Skyward Sword that I wish I appreciate more. I love Wind Waker. Don't get me wrong. That pig boss with the mask. Uh huh. That's the most comedic. Uh-huh. Boss fights ever, and just when he when he's uh when he's uh him fighting that bird and he's squinting his uh, eyes down, <laughs> like like it's great. And, and there's it's so it's so many people who did this uh the selfie on the Wii U version that's making him feel really shady and stuff. <laughs> just like oh another get another time, like really. Like uh-huh. that stuff is is funny, but it's to great. See, yeah. just to see that game run and people and the hate that it got when yeah. it came out, and then it snatched not only the wigs, the toenails, the, <laughs> the teeth that was in your, it snatched everything and yeah. was just like this is game of the year. Yeah, if you refuse to play this game. You don't understand what it is for vi- to play a video game because yeah. it was that impressive. It's still impactful. I yeah. still love. I I always said this. The only reason that I bought Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto Five was to get a forty dollar gift card so I could buy Wind Waker. <laughs> I didn't care about Grand Theft Auto Five. I I'm just like let me play this game to see if they redeem themselves from it being garbage. Nope, it's still garbage as usual. <laughs> so I'm going to use this gift card, and I I went to the st- I went to work. I no one was no one was trying to buy a uh, Wind Waker. I picked up the first copy, bought it with that gift card, paid the rest of the difference, and skipped out the store and got in my car and left. That's so good. It, it, it was just like this is if if now come on Nintendo y'all gotta bring y'all gotta bring Skyward Sword to Switch yeah Scott, yes so so I I agree and I like Skyward Sword I, Skyward Sword is is um uh, one of the only Zelda games I didn't beat and uh, and the the reason is is because I, I I really just could not take the motion controls anymore but I, I absolutely not not only the the visual fidelity of that game but I I think it was um. And still, maybe Breath of the Wild again is still pretty new. It may be the best interaction that Link and Zelda ever had mm-hmm. in in a game, uh, up to Breath of the Wild. And, and Breath of the Wild again, like I said, it's still kind of early. We'll see how that pans out. But um, I, it, such a good story. It it the, the thing with Zelda is, and we'll get back into the topic. The thing with Zelda is, <laughs> is that I rate it. I rate uh, Zelda one, 
Link, uh, Link to the Past, Link Between Worlds, Twilight Princess, uh, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, uh, well, now four, I should say. Our, our, those are all my number twos. Like, they're all equal. <laughs> gotcha. Um, even, you know what, even, um, even, so the uh, world, what's uh, number one? Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Oh, gotcha. Breath of the Wild okay. took number, literally Breath gotcha. of the Wild took number one. Um, the, the DS games go in my number two spot also. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I love, I love both, uh, I love Minish Cap on the GBA. I oh, thought it was yes. great. Um, and, and yeah, Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass were both great I, games. I, I'm sorry, I forgot. Link's Awakening on and Link's Game Awakening. Boy. Game Boy is a great game. That, I'm sorry. Okay, so I have to push everything else to number three. <laughs> Link's Awakening is number two. Me yeah. and Corey from NGR, we were talking about how powerful Link's Awakening, Link Awakening is. And yeah, just right. when, when I'm buying the regular game, being it on the original Game Boy, and then I'm buying the DX version for Game Boy Color, and then I'm playing <laughs> both versions on my Super Nintendo, on the Super Game Boy, come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great game. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I I, I love Four Swords. I, I, I yes. I mean, I even like the uh, the little the little three person game that they they released. I just don't have three people to play with regularly. Um, was it Triforce Heroes? Yeah, Triforce Heroes. Triforce. Yeah, I mean, like I, I I'm I'm in for Zelda, so that's the. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sky, Skyward needs. I I do want to play Skyward. I hope that, that that Nintendo will seriously consider porting that to the Switch. I I would really love to actually beat that game. Is it bad that Majora's Mask is my least favorite, and I prefer Zelda Two over Majora's Mask? Uh, <laughs> that that no, that may be a problem. But <laughs> oh, I mean, let's have Zelda this. Two, Come Zelda, on, let's have well, this. Zelda 2 is kind of garbage, man. Um, no, Ma- 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 Majora- Majora's Mask, I I wouldn't put it at the top of my list either. Uh-huh. Uh, I appreciate it for what it is. I appreciate it that it, it was, it's really the only Zelda game that really went against the grain. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and for that, you know, we were just talking about Nintendo giving Mario to, to Ubisoft, right? So, like, you know, for that, I, I, I applaud Nintendo for trying something different. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, for me, Twilight Princess is by far the worst Zelda game ever made. Um, so. No! <laughs> I would put Wind Waker, I mean, I, I, I would put Majora's Mask ahead of that. Everett, but, I'm um, my pearls with that. <laughs> Dude, the, like, the Dungeons of Twilight Princess I love. Um, the, uh, they call it the Drado of Death, the Tide thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That dungeon is probably one of my best dungeons in the. Yeah, series. it's 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 one good dungeon in a garbage game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's the fair James, me me and James have this argument too. James loves Twilight Princess, and I'm not like I'm not throwing shade. It, it look it's a, saying a Zelda game is a is is my least favorite. It still means it is better than almost everything else that's out there. <laughs> okay. I just I mean, and, Twi- Twilight Princess is just my least favorite, probably and, on the list. And and that's fair. That that really <laughs> is. Fair. I I can't. I'm, I'm not going to. Of course, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I sure. feel like that's fair, and that's and yes, B. You know, I need someone like that that's going to be critical <laughs> about Twilight Princess. If you yeah. don't like it, 
B, just say that you don't like it. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm okay. Clutching, I'm clutching my pearls <laughs> because I'm just like, oh, no, because I love it so much. But to be, yeah. you know, to to be honest and to be critical, critical if I don't like Majora's Mask. A lot of people sure. do. And yeah. I stand up and be like, I cannot stand that time mechanic. With yeah, I, and, and, I, and I don't either. Yeah, I think that I think that's that's probably the hardest thing. Let me we 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 didn't have Zelda. Let me tell you one more story there, real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, so I have I have kids. Um, uh, I have an eight year old son who I I absolutely love, but he's my little gamer. His name is Callan, and uh, he has um he has a Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon uh, new 3ds XL and um. And he has he has just discovered the Zelda game, so he but he he beat uh, Link Between Worlds, um, and uh, and right now he is um, he's he's in Ocarina. He is at the I think he's at I think he's at the Spirit Temple. So he's like almost done. Um, and uh, but 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 it's been so much fun to kind of relive this experience with him because I come home every day and he's like, Dad, I just want to find a Pona. I can't find. How do I get a Pona? And, uh, and I'm like, but I can't tell you. Like, you have to, he's like, he's like, but you know, you beat the game. You have to tell me how to do it. I'm like, I'm like, look, all I can tell you is you gotta go back to Lon Lon Ranch, man. I, I can't, I can't tell you how to do it. You've got experience. And like, every day I come home and he has like a, a new, like, little adventure or, or whatever. And, uh, it's been, it's been super fun. So that was a great game and, and it's, it's really fun to kind of see him catch that magic. Okay, uh, of it's, that. it's so funny that you mentioned that because of Wind Waker HD. Parents yes. made a lot of parents and their kids at a to- at, like for two whole months. People were just like, "I'm going back to the original Zelda, and with my child, we're going to play all the games." And yep. they were just like, "Our job is not to show you where everything at. Our job is to to see how you're doing, and if you really yep. need help, we'll be there to support you to give you that help." But people just yep. like, "Yeah, my child is playing Zelda One, Zelda Two. I'm just like, <laughs> your child beat Zelda Two, and I'm not, and I haven't yet. The heck." <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, he, he beat Link Between Worlds um with with almost no help from me, and and uh, and now now like I said, he's almost done with Ocarina, and uh, he literally walks around the house. He drives my wife crazy because he literally <laughs> walks around the house humming the, the the song of time, and he does it pitch perfect. Man, the kid's great, and uh, uh, so I have a lot. I have a lot of fun with you him. You have but, um, got to get him to uh Link to the Past in the dungeon with the princess. Oh yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> you he, he know was, yeah. what I mean with that? Yes, one. yes, yeah. He, yeah. I'm trying to think. Do they have that on 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 3ds? Yeah. They should okay. 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 I'll have to get that for him next. Well, getting back into the topic, <laughs> it was sorry. Oh, to sorry. Uh, that was uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, the uh, the Zelda cast was brought to you by Nintendo. So <laughs> what, what, that's look literally that's optional opinion. Like <laughs> when I say you have the freedom of discussion, freedom of topic. It happens that that's the yeah. way you have that freedom. Uh, okay, so the last part of this uh, topic can both be achieved. Um, I put yes and no, but after like literally after speaking to you about this, I think yes, they both can be achieved. So I kind of do agree with you. Uh, like should gains impact and impress? Well, they should do one of the other, but they both can be achieved. And sure. it's not planned that they happen that way. We talked breath of the wild, but you know, I, I, I'm like, to me, the last guard, the last guardian that, that impacted and impressed me, sure. you know, uh, um, 
what game was it? Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. That's uh, even Xenoblade Chronicles. Games that shouldn't have happened on a uh, inferior product that some people want to call it, but it's graphically impressive and it does more. Yeah, like yes, uh, Bayonetta, yeah. Bayonetta two. People, I mean, yeah, that kicked, that kicked up the sexism and all that other <laughs> and that craziness. But if you played that game, not one portion of that game drops one bit of a frame. No. Super smooth. Plat- Platinum is great. Uh, let's uh, let's throw some love to, to Xbox. Oh, yes. Uh, when uh, Gears of War came out, uh, Gears of War was the best-looking game probably ever made up to that point. Mm-hmm. It, it was the, the, the visuals in that game, the fidelity and the textures were just were amazing at the time. But it it changed how shooters were done. It was the first successful cover-based shooter yeah. pretty much of all time. And, I mean, if you... Let's talk about Uncharted. Uncharted is probably the flagship of PlayStation now. And you don't have Uncharted's cover-based system without Gears of War. You just... You, you don't. Yeah. You, you, look at, you look at GTA V. GTA... Um, really, even GTA Four, But GTA Five specifically... Cover-based mechanic. You don't have that kind of mechanic without a game like Gears of War coming and showing you how it's done. And so... Um, I'll even go further than that. You don't even have Uncharted because of Tomb Raider. Yeah, of course. Sure, yeah. And, and look, at the time... Again, we're going back. It's it's hard because we're talking about these and if and if you if you don't know what we're talking about and you start Googling yeah. the original Tomb Raider, you're going to be like, I don't know why this pointy-breasted uh, woman is that impressive. I, but the time man it was amazing I, I, with xbox halo oh look, of course halo's online and uh infrastructure and those maps do yep how many people were not at different other people's houses with land parties That's hooking right. up their systems to play That's halo right. i had right. trust me i had major issues with halo i did not like halo <laughs> but when, but but just like when you when you and James with Overwatch, I played a few matches of Halo with my friends. We had a blast. We yep. the commentary was off the point. My friend is a sniper at heart. Yeah, <laughs> and he any any first person shooter that we played, he's he's getting he's gonna be a sniper sniper. Ah. He knows all the good plays because I'm trying to chase my friend in Halo <laughs> to kill him. He saves them by headshotting me. <laughs> and I look at him and I'm just like, I, I really? He, he just, and he just smiles. It's just like, uh-huh. like, he knows what's up. Hey. <laughs> He's just like this. I have to look out for my brother. I'm like, I'm your brother. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and man. Halo was so impactful sure. that you don't have, you don't have first person shooters like Halo. The re- the recharge system with the shield, the double yep. guns, like you don't yep. have all yep. that stuff. And, but, and, and you jumped to, you jumped to Halo Two, and Halo Two launched online. I mean, Xbox Live launched. I mean, we don't have Overwatch, we don't have PUBG, right. we don't have Call of Duty without without Halo Two. Like 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 it just it just. It, 
first-person shooters as we know them today, multiplayer focused, we do not have without Halo Two. Right. Um, you know, so uh, I mean, Counter Strike to a certain extent. So, so I guess what I mean is on console, we don't have them on console the way we do today without Halo Two. Because if if we go by console, of course, Golden I sixty four is going to be mission first. Yeah, but Halo changed the whole game. For sure. Like, that changed not only... that's I will always give it to Microsoft and Budgie about that. They changed the industry, and they changed first-person shooters with Halo. Yep. Uh, yep. You know... I mean, it, it, it's it, it's great. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so yeah. So, I mean, the, the simple answer to the question is that a game can do both. I, I don't think... I don't think many games do, mm-hmm. and I think, I, and so again, going back to you know, when we have these conversations where we sit in a room with you know with friend, you know friends that are gamers, and we have the conversation. What are your favorite games of all time? You know, there's a lot of people that are going to say Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which I absolutely love the Lego games, and I play it. You know, I play it by myself. I play it with my kids. They're fun games, but that's never going to get. It's not impressive in, in any specific way. It's not impactful. It's just a mascot platformer, you know, a puzzle platformer. It's fun. It's there for a purpose. It's you know, it's, it's escapism at its core. But at the end of the day, that game doesn't doesn't change a person's uh, perspective or life. When I sit down, I'm going to talk about games like like Gone Home. And I'm going to talk about games like yes. Oxen Free and Inside and Breath of the Wild and Ocarina of Time and Final Fantasy VII and, you know, uh, Metal Gear uh, Solid and, you know, these games that have re- the first Resident Evil. Like, these games that have made impacts not only in me personally, but in the landscape of video games. It's so funny that you're missing Oxen Free because that's coming to Switch. I got oh, a, man. I got an Xbox for another just like. I love it. I have to. I have to finish it. Uh, Chris, get so me. Good. Get get on me, okay? I'm going to start tweeting you every day. Be like, what did you? What did you beat today? Every day, I want. I want another game. I'm just going to tweet every day about about nine o'clock at night and be like, Eddie V, what did you beat today? You better. You better say something. <laughs> I'm going to be like, well. If you look into, if you look at uh, Luke four and ten in the Bible, Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said something about uh, something. So, uh, oh, you mentioned there's, there's definitely words there. That, 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 that's all we know. Listen, I, 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 I beat the the options menu of uh, of inside. So one day I'm gonna get to the actual gameplay. It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah. Um. But uh, a small amount, like you just and you literally just said, a small amount of developers can pull it off. Um, mm-hmm. Graphics over story sometimes decides it. Uh, yeah, and because we're and this is the last point: uh, trailers versus actual game. So we're impressed by the trailer, but sometimes it takes the actual game to make that impact and to take that impression. But for a lot of games that when we see the trailer and the actual game doesn't li- live up to it, that's a problem. And I and I give it to I give it to Microsoft uh, with their Forza games, like the car mechanics, the way that the cars look and stuff. I get impressed. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I play it, and I'm just like, oh, oh, this <laughs> game is fun. This game is deep. Like I got, yeah, yeah. like I got Forza Horizon Three. 
it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I don't like the beginning of it because the car mechanics are floaty as ever and I'm crashing and it was just like, how, uh, I'm not playing. Once that right. game opens up though, it's so good. Yes, yes. Um, and I like the soundtrack to it. Oh yeah, it's the good. Soundtrack is good. Um, good. I, I feel like they kind of unbalanced it a little bit too much in the beginning because I just sometimes I feel like am I playing Burnout Takedown? Because <laughs> my car mechanics is like uh-huh. uh, no. Because I, I feel like now that I'm uh, and when I get back to it, I feel like it makes you want to lose every race. But you, the more that you improve, like your car, the more chances that you get to win, becoming number one. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I do. I, I honestly just like to put on music and just drive around. I mean that 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 game, that game is the ultimate like uh, relax game for me. When I when I've had a bad day, I just come on and I put on my headphones and I turn up the music and I just drive on the beach. You know, it, it, whatever. It, it's absolutely great. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you mentioned trailers. So a game that comes up uh, instantly um, is uh, Dead Island. Yes. I, don't if, I don't know if you remember this, but Dead, Dead Island did this amazing trailer. Very cinematic, very melancholy. The music is haunting. And it shows a girl that, that, that was laying on the ground. And then they start they start reversing time, but then at the same time they start at the beginning and they start start with time forward, and they keep flashing back and forth. And what you eventually find out is that she's vacationing with her family. Zombies apocalypse breaks out. They get in the room. They kill the mom. They kill the dad, and she gets pushed out of a window and lands flat dead on the ground. That trailer was one of the most haunting trailers yes. that I'd ever seen. And the game was mostly just garbage. I, I mean, it, it, I don't say it's garbage. It was fine. But it, it, there was no emotional resonance to the game that was in that trailer. The story was, was mostly thrown away. There was no you know in, important storyline or, or character development moments. It was mostly just, you're, you're on this island, zombies are out there, try to survive, end of story. Normal zombie hack and slash, slash kind of stuff. And it was so disappointing to see a trailer like that. And for it to end up being absolutely just a run-of-the-mill video game, it was very disappointing. Uh, Zabiu, uh, the trailer, uh-huh. was haunting, and I, and then I played the game. Uh, still, still a little bit haunting because it, it's one of those games, just like okay, what, what the code is, da, 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 <laughs> like, but it gets it, intense, yeah. But it doesn't, you know, impact or impress like that trailer did the oh. actual game. Yeah, it's it's all yeah, it's almost you almost got to be careful. Um, tone pieces are important, and uh, do you do you watch Rick and Morty the cartoon? I seen it. I don't think it's funny. Yeah, that's all right. It, it's not super funny, but they do this thing where they have interdimensional TV, uh-huh. and um, and so if you if you've watched the show and you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. If not, I'll, I'll kind of describe it to you. But they have uh, just parts of different episodes where Rick and Morty sit down on the couch and they're watching interdimensional TV, and so it's just TV from all the other dimensions, and it's just crazy stuff like you know, uh, man with ants for eyes and whatever. And so what they're doing is they're channel surfing, and they have like this. 10, 5, 10 second clip uh-huh. of like a funny idea 
I mean, they they move on because you can't make a show out of that. Right. But it's a it's a funny tone piece, right? And and so so that that's kind of how I feel sometimes about about video game trailers in, in that. So now to circle it back around, like that Dead Island was a great tone piece. I would have almost just liked to have a five minute short story released as like a like a movie, like a, like a little mini movie, yeah. and just let that be the thing. Because that was in no way indicative of the video game. So I, I, I would much rather have a trailer or have some sort of indication of what the game was actually going to be rather than have a tone piece that does not set the tone for what you're building. Um, and and, and what, what happens is no matter how impressive your game is, you know, if you show me a... Uh, here's, here's a great example. If you pull out a big jug of chocolate ice cream and you set it on the counter and ask me if I want some, and then you open it up, and when you start dipping, it's refried beans. And you're like, here you go. You're like, that was not what I was expecting. The tone piece you showed me was ice cream. That's what I want. And now I have to eat a bean. I don't want. I don't want beans. This is not Mexico. Um, so, uh, so yes. Yeah, so it's this idea of if you're gonna set a tone piece, make sure that what you deliver is exactly the same in that tone. Because what what will end up happening is that you actually do lose your audience. No matter how good the game actually can be, you're not going to be able to to, to gather the audience that you want if if you're too far off. You know the compass. Yep. Uh, Ubisoft. You learned it with Watch Dogs. Oh, that's true. Watch Dogs is another great example. Yep. Uh, Guerrilla Games learned it with Killzone too. They showed mm-hmm. that amazing trailer, and then you play the game, you just be like, this wasn't within the trailer. Alien Colonial Marines? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think that yeah. one takes the cake for everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's almost better just to, like, put out a trailer of, like, like stick figure drawings, yeah. And then, when, and then when you get the game, no matter how bad the game is, you're like, "Well, it looks better than stick figures." I mean, it's it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. I was expecting stick figures on the screen, so this is great. Uh, yeah, no, a- a- aliens. Yeah, huge, huge problem with with Colonial Marines. Uh, I, I kind of just want to because Randy Pitchford did that talk with uh, Ryan uh, McCaffrey on IGN. Uh, oh yeah. Answer. Uh, I, still right. got, I still gotta watch it, but I'm just like, people still don't trust you. People still oh, no. do not no. like your personality. And some no. people just don't like you, period. And what you did, you know, people feel like him placing the blame on everybody else besides his company and feel like that you guys stole from Sega, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, anything else, Chris? Uh, it's now we have open discussion. Uh, anything else that you have to say or that you want to touch on, bring up, or uh, you you have the floor. So. Yeah, no. Look, I first off, thanks for having me on. Like th- this has been a, this has been a lot of fun. Um, you know when uh, the, the shows that we normally do, you know, Life of Gaming, Xbox Die, they you know they tend to be kind of uh you know news related and and that kind of stuff and I know that stuff's important and I like talking about it but um but to kind of be able to to, to step back on, on a show like this and just kind of give your opinion and 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 talk about something um you know maybe a little bit bigger than than just you know what game is coming out in November uh, has been a lot of fun. So, so th- thanks for having me. You know, on uh, I, I guess kind of just to, just to wrap up. I, I, I feel like, and, and I, I mentioned this earlier, and, and I think it's a good place to kind of um, kind of recap and, and end. Video games, um, like like they're my passion. 
you know, it, it's funny. I, I joke around with, with my wife sometimes, and she's like, you're, you're buying another video game? I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not buying $500 golf clubs. So it's like, you know, you, you pick, pick your poison, okay? I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't have season tickets to the Cowboys. All right. Let the, let the church say amen right now. That's amen, right, that's amen. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I I like to play Halo, so just 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 that, that's where I am. But um, you know, but 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 yeah, video games do become uh, escapism, and um, and, and the reason they, they really succeed is because they give you the opportunity, like, like we talked about earlier, is that you're not just you're not an observer, but you are a participator in that. Sometimes that's you know WWE and you're beating the crap out of somebody with a steel chair. Sometimes that's Journey and you're walking through a desert side trying to figure out where life is actually even taking you. Sometimes that's Overwatching. You're talking to your you know your best friend and you're trying to zap people with imaginary laser rifles. Um, it, it doesn't matter like what it is, but video games as a whole they encompass this escapism in, a, in an interactive way that no other medium does. And so. I think that that really any and every game has the potential to both be impressive and to be impactful. And I think that that the games that that really matter, that are really going to stand the test of time, find a way to be both. And um, you know, and we're seeing some great examples of that this year. And uh, you know, I'm excited for, for for you know the future with the X coming out and whatever PlayStation is doing next, oh. and, and with with the uh, with the Switch on the roll that it is, and having like an amazing portable experience. Like I'm excited for where video games are going, and, and I hope that we get more more of this, both the the impactful experiences and the impressive experiences. You know, in the months and the years to come. Yeah. It, it, it's so funny that you mentioned uh, OX. Uh, you know, on uh we I got a uh Xbox podcast with Corey and my friend Jesse called Arsenal X and uh we we want you and Jay's to come on it cuz you guys want you guys are Xbox uh uh yeah. ex- experts. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, hey, um, let us know. We'd love to. Yeah. Um and you know, we've been we're, we've been talking about OX lately and um I I kind of after watching this Nintendo Direct, I I'm kind of glad that Crackdown 3 got delayed. Because yes. now I have something to look to look forward to definitely in uh next year. Um I pretty much told everybody like there's not many PS4 games that I'm buying this this holiday. Of course I'm buying a lot of Switch games, but I'm just like yeah. with X, I'm I'm kinda buying like that third party version of a game. I'm buying it on X. Of course. You know yep. because there's something up I'm doing, I'm getting Destiny 2 on Xbox because I played the demo with both controllers, with Xbox and PS4 controllers. It's super comfortable on X. Yes. And I want to see how OX does. Now, my thing with OX is Microsoft got to market it. And yeah. I, I want, I want to go to a Microsoft store and kind of be like, can I get a demo try on one of these TVs and see how <laughs> and really see how OX is? Because I'm going to be asked the questions of like, how's the install times? Um, how does this look? How does this look in 4K? Um, yeah, you know, how does it actually sound? Like, is it really is it really quiet? And I want to see the size. Like, I think Microsoft at this point they're doing what Nintendo is doing. Like, they're building up. They're getting yep. ready. They're preparing themselves. So they're gonna they're gonna get some opinions. They're gonna get some hate. They're gonna be like, "Wow, I don't even know why people are buying." 
they're doing <laughs> all of they're going to get that because yep. they're building up and they believe in this next product. I chose Xbox uh, One over PS4. Yep. I didn't see nothing about PS4 that interests me, but I know as a podcast and as a gamer, I need to own all three consoles because they all give me different experiences. And yeah. my OX, my OX, <laughs> my uh, <laughs> my one has a bigger library than my PS4. Yep, uh, I, I, I I agree. I'm a huge Xbox fan, um, which is why we we did the show. And um, you, you know, I, I'm I'm an Xbox apologist in the best way. Uh, I am a Nintendo apologist in the best way. Uh, at the same time, I'm very passionate about both platforms. So when they do things, when they do stupid things, I'll be more than happy to call them out on that as well. Um, but uh, you know, Microsoft. Here's the thing that nobody that nobody's really appreciating about Microsoft. Microsoft knows what the crap they're doing. Yes. Um. And 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 and, and I think you you said it perfectly. They, they are setting up what's next. Um. You know, Phil came in and Phil had to right the wrongs of the the original Xbox One release, mm-hmm. and it's taken him you know a couple of years to get all the kinks out. And like the Scorpio is his launch, and this is the where he sees the future of Xbox. Um, but at the same time, you know, Microsoft doesn't put all their eggs in the Xbox basket like Sony does. The only really thing profitable that Sony has is PlayStation. Microsoft. I mean, they take the money they make on Xbox and they use it to buy company lunches. I mean, they, you know, they, they make tons. I mean, they 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 run the platform used by the majority of businesses in the world yes. with Windows. So Xbox is such a small part of that. So so it's they have different views and they have different focuses. And Xbox isn't worried about going and buying 25 or 30 first-party developers. No, they're going to build the absolute best machine, and they're going to have games come to it. And, and, and then you get to pick what you want to do. I like the Xbox One controller. Even if the Xbox was always the inferior console, I want to play games with an Xbox One controller. It is my favorite controller of all time. And I, I cannot stand the DualShock. That's just where I am. So, so I mean, unless, you know, the machine just couldn't play video games, I, that's where I want to play my stuff at. That's just where I am. And I feel like with with uh, definitely with one, and definitely Phil Spencer I give up to. He's a humble man who is about video games. And I just love his attitude. Like, I, there's something about him that's like, if he is throwing shade or any kind of thing, uh, you really won't catch it, but you hear how he talk, you hear that passion, and be like, okay, I, I'm like, you are writing, you trying to write your wrongs and stuff, and you're trying to make people believe that, hey, our brand is good as it's always been known to be. I give it up to him. I, I yeah. literally give it up to him. You know, with him talking about games, him focusing that, hey, if you buy the digital version on either platform on PC or Xbox, you get, that's yours. You get to play on either ones. That's their version of cross by that's better than Vita yeah. and PlayStation 4. For like, sure. You could you could download your game on the go. Um, I'm I'm still waiting for the uh, wireless adapter. They got a smaller one coming because yes. I feel like I I want to when I buy Cuphead, I'm buying it digitally. I want to play Cuphead on my computer when I go out. You yeah, know, it's not going to be too taxing. I want to play with the Xbox controller. Yep. And yep. you know, 
them learning how important backwards compatible is, that is going to attract more people not only to buy the digital version of your games, which is more money and more copies for that company for you guys. You guys have three consoles worth of material. You have right. a thousand plus games now that could be on that one system. Yep, absolutely. No, they they are building a service. Period. They're cross-platforming like, platform with Nintendo. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> now, that, yeah, that that that's that. I mean, they just announced in the Nintendo Direct they're now bringing Minecraft to the three. Like, it's here. It's out now. Minecraft on the 3DS. Like that is a Microsoft game. Microsoft is the only company that has a in-house owned and developed game on every major platform ios android nintendo sony pc mac they own all of it and um and phil spencer wants to work with nintendo to get rare games on the nintendo platform sure he wants to work with sony to do crossplay with with rocket league and you know with with what whatever other games you know that they want they want to come out um so 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 he look at the end of the day, Microsoft is building a business model, a yes. service, and and Sony is building a a console, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But in my opinion, Sony is very focused on PS4, and you know we don't have backwards compatibility with PS3 games. It's not there now. You can they have PS Now, right? But you can't. You can't download the PS3 games that you own on a PS3 on your PS4. It's not possible. Yes. Without buying it again. I absolutely do not believe for one single moment that when a PlayStation 5 comes out, that you're going to be able to download your PlayStation 4 games. Because Sony thinks of business in the confines of a box. But Microsoft thinks of the business model like Windows. They are building a platform. The Xbox is going to now live in, you know, perpetual motion. Every every generation, every every new iteration is going to have all of your achievements, all of your unlocks, all of your, uh, you know, games that you've bought. Like, all that stuff's going to be there. That is the vision. Now, if, if they can achieve it or not, it's a different conversation. Yes. But that is the vision. They are building this infrastructure and this system around a brand not a machine yeah uh, they see how strong that backwards compatibility is yep. you're about to go back to the first xbox don't you know now people who are who got those because i still got star wars uh battlefront no the uh bioware one. Oh, uh national republic yeah yeah, yeah kotor yeah, yeah. but <laughs> You know, if I could, like, I got the psycho, I got psychonauts. I like, I got a lot of still of the one. Yeah. I got Jade Empire still. Oh, such a good game. So I'm like, they see how important when they see the money that Nintendo was break is breaking in with their backwards stuff, and now they want to play catch up. They just and when they were just like, well, we don't believe that players would want it. Yeah. And now you come coming with a stats that 360 games. Uh, backwards compatibility, uh, backwards compact is making you guys not only money, but it's like the highest reason that people are playing your system in the first place. Yep, absolutely. No, for sure. So. Well, yep. Chris, uh, go ahead and plug. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Yeah, listen, you, if you guys want to follow me, um, you can find me pretty much everywhere at 
Neo Lego. It's N E O L E G O. Just like it sounds. Um, I, I'm mostly busy on Twitter, so that's kind of where you can find me. I post pictures on Instagram if that's your kind of thing. Um, I, I will, I will uh, plug the Xbox Dive. Listen, we, um, you know, uh, it's let's just say, look, I, I'm gonna try to be, uh, I'm gonna try to be a Nintendo uh, PR rep uh, right here. Uh, look, I have nothing to announce right now, but. I, I would encourage you, if you are an Xbox fan, um, to follow the Xbox Dive on Twitter. And, uh, yes. and, and maybe even subscribe to the Xbox Dive podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And, uh, you know, there, there may be something in the future that may come to those places. That's all, that's all, that's all I'll say. But uh, but for everything up until then, you can follow me at Neo Lego. I, I do a bunch of other stuff. I, I write for a magazine called Geek Parenting, which, uh, um, you know, and then I, I do some articles here and there for different things. So anything that I'm a big self-promoter. So if you follow <laughs> me on Twitter, you'll see all that I do there. Yeah, And I would love to apologize to James also and you. When I came on Xbox Dive, it changed the whole conversation in chat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, and James no, just no. like when James and don't forget me and James haven't podcast yet. But when he was just like Eddie V, is that Eddie? You done changed the whole and then and that our chat changed our whole conversation on the show. And he's like that dang Eddie V. That's right. That's right. Shout that's out right. to you, James. I love you, man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you guys can uh, hear more of Optional Opinion on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, the anonymous radio network dot popping dot com, com, or NGR Radio. Um, you can check out the link right there. It'll take you to the SoundCloud page and other podcast apps. You guys can follow me on Twitter at that retro code, and you can also email the show at myop two comment at yahoo dot com. Um, I would like to know what you guys think about of games it should impact or impress or what have impact impacted you what have you imp- what impressed you hey talk to us about this app. tell me about your zelda stories or how you feel about that the microsoft uh xbox one x like tell me your opinions about this and some of your options uh you know i want to hear some of you guys solutions to some of these problems or this topic you know i want to hear that um other than that oh everybody and um the beauty uh the beauty of video games volume three has arrived this week i am talking about handheld uh so you guys can check out that episode that i did with Corey derrick uh we talked about the beauty of handhelds very good discussion uh but once again chris thank you for coming on the show you are welcome anytime if you hit me up and be like eddie i got a topic that's on my mind that's so dear i want to talk about you know you have free reign it's just and i we now you know how the show goes now so <laughs> that's right that's right so. like i like i appreciate it. i i've i've really enjoyed i love the show i really enjoy uh being on so yeah i'll uh i'll definitely i'd love to come back yeah, thank you. So everybody have a great, have a, have a great, have a great week, have a great weekend. Get some good gaming done. I'm going to be watching, playing Inside, uh, to, uh, <laughs> Walking Dead and Oxen Free. I mean, catch your same games up. Uh, but yeah, everybody have a great week, have a great weekend. Oh, whenever you're hearing this podcast. All right. And we are out. Bye. Oh man, good show.